This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, will resign as the leader of the Conservative Party. He intends to continue as Prime Minister until the autumn to allow a leadership race to take place. Much of his party has been calling for his resignation for the past two days, with scores of ministers and aides quitting. Iranian state television reported that several foreigners, including a senior British diplomat stationed in Tehran, were charged with espionage by the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, a branch of the army. They were reportedly accused of collecting soil samples in the desert in central Iran, where missile tests were underway. Giles Whitaker, the British envoy, was said to have been expelled after apologising. Britain called the reports completely false. The heads of American and British security services warned about China in their first ever joint statement. The director of the FBI claimed China meddled in foreign businesses and elections and called it America's biggest long-term threat. The director general of MI5 said that its work to counter Chinese activity has doubled in the last three years and will double again. Reviving Russia's implicit nuclear threats, Dmitry Medvedev, a former president, has warned that the war in Ukraine might endanger the future of humanity. Mr. Medvedev, now deputy chairman of Russia's Security Council, wrote on Telegram that the idea of punishing a country that has one of the largest nuclear potentials is absurd and potentially poses a threat to the existence of humanity. Gotabaya Rajapaksa, Sri Lanka's president, has asked Vladimir Putin for a loan to import fuel amid an economic crisis that has led to crippling shortages and public unrest. Sri Lanka has already been buying oil from Russia in recent months, but this week the Prime Minister declared the country bankrupt. On Thursday, the central bank hiked interest rates by one percentage point to 15.5%. Hong Kong suspended a rule that temporarily banned airlines from flying specific routes if one of those flights was found to have brought people infected with COVID-19 into the city. More than 100 flights have been banned this year. The government said the rule was causing unnecessary trouble. All arrivals will still have to quarantine in a hotel for a week. Kim Jong-un, North Korea's leader, has convened a conference of the ruling Workers' Party, aimed at strengthening its leadership. The conference, described by the official media as the first of its kind, comes as the country grapples with problems on many fronts. Its first acknowledged outbreak of COVID-19, a dire economic crisis, and extreme weather, including a blistering heatwave. And fact of the day. 54%. The share of abortions in America carried out through medication rather than surgery. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Indonesia and the G20. The foreign ministers from the G20 group of countries gather in Bali on Thursday, at a time of unusually active diplomacy for their host, Indonesia. Joko Widodo, the president, known as Jokowi, recently visited both his Ukrainian and Russian counterparts on a peace mission intended to ease shortages in the global grain market. Indonesia has made three worthy issues its priorities during its year in the G20's rotating chair. 
global health architecture, i.e. preparedness for future pandemics, digital transformation, notably of finance, and sustainable energy transition. But despite Jokowi's efforts, the G20 meetings this year are bound to focus on the war in Ukraine. In November, Bali will host the G20 leaders. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, will attend. And Jokowi has also invited Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, although Ukraine is not a member of the club. Even on the holiday island of Bali, it will be hard to avoid talking about the war. Australia goes underwater again. A low-pressure system is wreaking havoc in New South Wales, Australia's most populous state. It has dumped more rain on Sydney over four days than London gets in a year. At least one person has died, and tens of thousands have been evacuated as rivers have broken their banks. Several towns are braced for flooding as the rain moves north from Sydney. Flood-stricken Australians will be thrown a buoy on Thursday in the form of federal disaster payments. The new Labour government, led by Anthony Albanese, is offering handouts of Australian $1,000 to anyone whose home has been subsumed by rising waters. But that will not go far. And building back is getting harder. Floods are striking Australia with increasing ferocity. Some low-lying parts of western Sydney have gone underwater four times in the past 18 months. As waters subside, residents face a difficult choice. Leave or prepare for yet more inundations. Mexicans struggle with rising prices. Mexico's statistics agency is likely to bear bad news on Thursday as it announces the latest inflation figures. Economists had hoped that price increases would have started to slow by now, but early estimates suggest annual inflation is inching ever closer to 8%. The current rate of 7.88% is already the highest in two decades. André Manuel López Obrador's government has the fiscal room to help hard-pressed Mexicans. His government has suspended duty on petrol, reducing the pump cost to 22 pesos, $1.07 a liter from 34. Food companies have agreed to cap prices, helped by a suspension of import tariffs for items including onions and chicken. Meanwhile, the central bank has raised interest rates nine times in the past year, and at its next meeting in August, is likely to lift them again from the current 7.75%. Yet it may take more than that to return Mexico to its inflation target of 3%. Battle of the Bulk Costco's Sales Costco, the giant American supermarket chain, publishes its earnings report for June on Thursday and its results will be scrutinized more closely than usual. Analysts have been poring over companies' earnings for signs of a recession. Wealthy consumers are of particular interest, given their outsized impact. The top 20% of American households account for about 40% of consumer spending and 28% of GDP, 
says Morgan Stanley, a bank. Costco provides a window into how rich Americans' spending habits might change. The chain is popular with affluent shoppers who are alert to value, but who also have the cash to buy in bulk. So far, Costco's sales have been resilient. Even as low-income shoppers have reduced spending, richer ones have sustained their appetite for giant tubs of pretzels. Buying toilet paper in bulk can even act as a hedge against rising prices. The question is whether or when such lofty spending will succumb to gravity. Extreme Heat at the Hajj On Thursday, some one million pilgrims will begin the annual Hajj to Mecca in Saudi Arabia, a religious ritual that every Muslim with financial and physical means is expected to complete at least once in their lifetime. It is the first time the Saudi government has allowed foreign pilgrims to participate since the start of the pandemic. But bookings, allocated via lottery, have been chaotic, and those who make it to Mecca will face temperatures above 40 degrees Celsius, which can play havoc with the human body. As usual, when the Hajj falls in summer, the dates rotate depending on the lunar calendar, the pilgrims will be sprayed with water and move through vast air-conditioned corridors. But climate models suggest that if global temperatures rise by 1.5 Celsius above pre-industrial levels, lethal heat exposure during the Hajj will become five times more likely. A rise of 2 degrees Celsius increases the risks tenfold. The religious ritual is becoming increasingly perilous. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which city hosts the annual Nobel Prize Awards? Wednesday. Which country was the subject of three partitions in the late 18th century? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Arthur Conan Doyle, who died on this day in 1930. There's nothing more deceptive than an obvious fact. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.